0: This is KGNU's Morning Magazine for Wednesday, August 9th of 2023. I'm your host, Shannon Young. Coming up on today's program, we'll hear about the All My Relations celebration, bringing some of the biggest names in contemporary North American indigenous music to Denver's Levitt Pavilion. Then we'll get the details on how the Rocky Mountain Peace and Justice Center is marking the anniversary of the atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki while connecting the dots back to the legacy of nuclear weapons manufacturing in the Front Range. Then, herbalist Brigitte Mars will have her regular Wednesday feature, Naturally. A BBC News update and commentary from Jim Hightower are at the bottom of the hour. Coming up on today's A Public Affair, Report for America Corps member Jackie Sedley and I will host a call-in show about textile waste with two experts in the field. Then at 9.30, Shauna Sprouls will be in the Boulder studio for the Morning Sound Alternative. That's all still coming up, but first, a look at the headlines with KGNU's Jack Armstrong.
1: Congressman Joe Neguse introduced a bill yesterday to extend base pay increases for Wildland Firefighters. The Wildland Firefighter Paycheck Protection Act incorporates provisions from a larger bill also introduced by Congressman Naguse, known as TIMS Act. Tim's act, name in honor of Tim Hart, who lost his life fighting the New Mexico Ikes fire, increases base pay, improves deployment pay, supports enhanced pay management oversight, and ensures firefighters receive paid rest and recuperation leave. The new bill extends temporary pay increases that are set to expire September 30th. This legislation comes on the heels of increasing wildlife destruction in western Colorado, with lightning-sparked fires in western Colorado burning more than 300 acres of land since July 31st. Ten Colorado legislators joined over 100 other representatives Tuesday in signing a pledge to welcome refugees to the U.S. KGNU's Grace Gabriel has more.
2: The pledge is part of an initiative by Voice for Refuge Action Fund, inviting legislators nationwide to support policy protecting refugee and immigrant communities in their states. The initiative has already garnered support from lawmakers in 34 states and the District of Columbia. Representatives who signed the state legislators for welcome pledge committed to publicly call for an increase in refugee resettlement, support state investments in refugee services, and consult with refugee and immigrant leaders in their state. For KGNU, I'm Grace Gabriel.
1: Oil giant Chevron has become the largest oil and gas producer in the state of Colorado after finalizing a $7.6 billion acquisition of PDC Energy on Monday. In Colorado, the company has acquired 275,000 acres of land that was owned by PDC, as well as the equivalent of 1 billion barrels of oil. According to Tim McHugh, vice president of Chevron Corp's Rockies business unit, the purchase has made the unit the fourth largest in the company in terms of barrel production. This acquisition has followed a trend of consolidation in Colorado's oil industry, notably with a similar acquisition taking place between Chevron and Noble Gas, with Chevron acquiring Noble for $5 billion in 2020. Colorado was the fifth largest state in crude oil production in 2022, most of it coming from Weld County and the denver julesburg Basin. Three new state laws went into effect Monday, extending the rights of renters. Emily Cecilo has more.
2: The new laws come from the passage of House Bills 1099 and 1096 and Senate Bill 184. HB 1099 states that tenants can reuse rental applications such as background screeners that are less than 30 days old across different property owners. This new law should help bring down the costs associated with trying to find a place to rent. HB 1096 implements new regulations to lease agreements that could prevent renters from fully exercising their legal rights by, for example, taking part in class-action lawsuits and jury trials. This law also restricts how much landlords are able to charge in third-party fees, such as pest control or trash collection. SB 184 prevents landlords from requiring tenants to earn more than double the amount of rent. This law also spells out how a landlord can use a prospective renter's credit and or rental history. For KGNU, I'm Emily
1: Cecilo. Brighton community members are protesting the rezoning and further planning of a lithium-ion battery manufacturing plant being built in the heart of their residential areas. Amprius Technologies, a California-based battery company, is building the plant in a low-income community. Brighton residents protested the plan, saying it was deceitful, and inaccessible to non-English speakers and those hard of hearing. A Green Latinos press release alleges that Amprius lied to the community and did not translate part of the plan outlining how it would affect the nearby water waste treatment facilities. According to the same press release, the address where the plant would be placed must be rezoned by the city of Brighton to allow the storage of hazardous chemicals. The same address is walking distance from a local hospital, elementary schools, and residential homes. In anticipation of the 9th Jaipur Literature Festival, the Boulder Public Library is looking for volunteers to help run the festival. KGNU's Zach Thompson has more. This year's Jaipur Literature Festival will take place from September 21st through the 23rd at the Boulder Public Library. The last in-person festival in 2019 brought in 12,000 attendees. Library leaders are looking for 200 more people to volunteer at this year's multi-day festival. Interested volunteers can engage in various opportunities and roles across the three days. Event volunteers will undergo a training session. For KGNU, I'm Zach Thompson. For today's weather in Boulder, we have a sunny day with mild wind, a high of 79 degrees, And for tonight, all clear skies with a low of 59 degrees. For the weather in Denver, sunny with a high of 84. Wind gusts could get up to 16 miles an hour today. Tonight, it should be mostly clear in Denver with a low around 58 degrees. For KGNU, I'm Jack Armstrong.
0: You are listening to The Morning Magazine on KGNU. I'm Shannon Young. What you are hearing in the background is a track from The Hallucination, an indigenous electronic music group from Canada who will be performing tomorrow evening at the Levitt Pavilion as part of the All My Relations Celebration. Joining me live in the studio is Helen Gover, communications assistant at Levitt Pavilion and coordinator for the All My Relations Celebration. And over video conferencing is Rick Waters, executive director of the Denver Indian Center. Good morning to you both.
3: Good morning. Thank you for having us.
0: Helen, can you start off by telling listeners what's in store for tomorrow evening and how Levitt Pavilion came to host the first ever All My Relations celebration?
3: Yeah, for sure. Uh, so tomorrow we're going to be featuring three artists. Uh, as you mentioned, headlining is the Hallucination. Uh Also featured is Samantha Crane, who is a Choctaw singer-songwriter, and as well as Frank Waln, who is a Lakota uh, hip-hop artist that infuses uh, traditional flute music. And so what we really wanted to do with this festival is to uh, highlight diverse genres as well as um, diverse indigenous nations. Um, Just to show us in a contemporary light, I myself am an indigenous woman and have uh, seen You know little representation over the years at least appropriate representation uh so took on this idea last year and was supported by levitt um you know as i do work there i've been also a student CU denver studying music business and this was sort of a project of everything i've learned and wanting to give back to my community Um, and also extend um, our relationship back to denver indian center from the previous uh Indian Country, Colorado, show that occurred four years ago, and Rick can tell you more about that.
0: Yeah, Rick, we, we were Helen and I were discussing before turning on the mics that there's an origin story to all my relations celebration, and it dates back to um, to the the Indian Country, Colorado, event that was held at Levitt. Can you tell us more about that?
4: Years ago, in 2019, Levitt Foundation uh, reached out to uh, Southwest Improvement Council and the Denver Indian Center with the idea of uh, having a free concert during the summer. And primarily it was to bring about awareness of the American Indian community through music. And uh, we uh, started that first concert uh, and had a headliner uh, with Redbone. It was down uh just a little bit of story it was down to either buffy saint marie or redbone the band and uh the votes went to redbone uh and it turned out to be a very a very nice concert and then of course you know the pandemic hit um the southwest improvement council director at that time was larry ambrose who was very involved in promoting uh and working with groups like the rolling stones and others out of la and so he was kind of the catalyst of of really getting it off the ground and and getting something going. So I'm really appreciative of Levitt Pavilion and uh, the foundation for uh, picking this back up and uh, starting it uh, again with a new concept.
0: And this event is more than a concert. There's a a component of a resource fair. Why? Yeah, so we
3: wanted to promote... All aspects of who we are in today's society, and show um, what we, what different areas um, we can that we can share um, about ourselves in. Um, So for example, there'll be an MMIW task force there um, to shed light on the missing and murdered Indigenous women and relatives. Um, There will also be Denver Indian Center there tabling Um, and there will also be a mixture of vendors as well uh, to share um, authentic art with our community both Indigenous and non-Indigenous. So um, yeah, and so the aspect of that is to show um, our challenges we face, but also our triumphs and what um, our Native community can look to for resources in the Denver metro area.
0: And the pandemic created some pretty serious complications having to do with mental health, with isolation, and it hit the youth especially hard. What role do these events play in community building in general? Um, bringing a sense of joy, and how does the the Denver Indian Center support Native youth in particular? Yeah, uh,
3: so, oh, go ahead, Rick.
4: <laughs> I'll, I'll just jump in real quick, and it's just a reminder to everybody, before this was Denver or Colorado, this was Indian country. And so events like this bring about... Uh, the the breaking down of the invisibility of the american indian community and so like you said it's building not only community within the native uh community but also bringing awareness and knowledge and education to the non-indian community and uh, with with youth in specific um, we are just now revitalizing classes and programming in partnership with the school districts uh in this area around culture and around self-determination self-reliance and and becoming more positive in the outlook on on their their futures
3: yeah and also to add on to that uh, this festival is actually a recipient of the denver native COVID healing relief fund which is sponsored by jsi and denver human rights and community partnerships Uh, so very thankful for that and uh, the whole idea with that grant is that it helps um, different events or sort of programming for the Denver Indian community to have um, resources and also to use this festival as a way for a positive reinforcement and to just come together as a community and um, just really soak in our contemporary music and also pay homage to our traditional cultures as well, because there will be some of that highlighted. Um, we also have comedic medicine, and, you know, natives love a good comedian. So uh, Joshua Emerson, uh, he's done a lot of work with Dairy Art Center. Um, so he will be our host MC, and do, you know, sharing jokes. <laughs> um, we also have a live painter uh, set to be there, again, for more therapeutic um involvement, interaction. Um, he, His name is J.C. Bayali, and so he's done a lot of work on murals in Denver and well, is a also multidimensional. Yeah, 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 very okay. multidimensional, so...
0: Okay. Well, we only have one minute left. Um, just one quick question. I mean, it's, it's a free event, but it's also a fundraiser for the Denver Indian center. How does that work for a free show? And are there any special plans for the proceeds?
3: Yes. So, uh, as you know, you can RSVP at, uh, levittdenver.org for free. Um, during our shows, we like to do bucket-ass donations. So all our proceeds—we usually do bucket splits—but for this show, all of our proceeds for that will be going towards Denver Indian Center, specifically the Youth Digital Literacy Program, and as well as we're selling or selling shirts. But you're paying what you can donate for the shirt. So you can pay 50 bucks, you can pay five, but all of it's going to go towards um, the fundraiser.
0: And we do have a ticket giveaway. Uh, We're going to close out this show with a ticket giveaway or close out this segment. Uh, We're going to do this via email. So, uh, listeners, if you can send an email with the concert in the subject line, this is All My Relations Celebration. If you can put that in the subject line of an email to tickets at KGNU.org, the third person to email tickets at KGNU.org will win a pair of VIP tickets to the All My Relations Celebration at Levitt Pavilion. We ask that you have not won anything in the past 30 days and that you can definitely go. So again, that's the third person to write tickets at KGNU.org. My guests today have been Helen Gover of Levitt Pavilion, coordinator of the All My Relations Celebration, and Rick Waters, executive director of the Denver Indian Center. Thank you so much for coming on the program today. Thank you. Thank you. Every year, the Rocky Mountain Peace and Justice Center hosts a paper crane memorial event. Organizers and community members gather to connect and create paper cranes in honor of the lives lost in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. This year, the memorial will take place this afternoon at 4 p.m. at the Boulder County Farmers Market on 13th and Canyon. The Rocky, Mountain communi- the Rocky Mountain Peace and Justice Center will also host an installation inspired in part by the nuclear weapons production at Rocky Flats. KGNU's Jackie Sedley spoke with Emerald Thomas, the communication and outreach coordinator for the Rocky Mountain Peace and Justice Center. Right off the
5: bat, could you just tell me a bit about the organization you're a part of and what you do in Colorado on a broader level?
6: Okay, so I... Just started working for the Rocky Mountain Peace and Justice Center in March. It was started in 1983 as a result of the Rocky Flats Truth Force that was on the tracks at Rocky Flats doing nonviolent direct action. And since then we've been an advocate hub, kind of, and an activist hub in Boulder County for a lot of different issues. And we mainly have focused historically on nuclear disarmament and just education around nuclear because not a lot of people know much about it.
5: So now tell me about this Paper Crane Memorial event in particular. What inspired that and how does it connect to the mission statement you just described of the Rocky Mountain Peace and Justice Center?
6: Yeah, so we do this Paper Crane Picnic every year to honor the lives lost in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Um, and I think it started as like a branch of the movement that happened with Sadako and the thousand paper crane story. It became like a global movement that was initiated by children. And, I know a lot of like nuclear downwinder organizations do something around Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and a lot of the time it it does have to do with making paper cranes. So it's a way to act locally while connecting to the rest of the world
5: about nuclear issues. Now, can you touch at all on the installation about Rocky Flats that will be there?
6: Yeah, so Cloud is organizing a memorial at the Cold War Horse made by Jeff Geip. Cloud was a member of the Truth Force. So he's once a memorial to honor Hiroshima and Nagasaki and and three different things. One is the lives of those lost in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. The second one are those impacted by the radioactive exposure from nuclear weapons production at Rocky Flats. And the third is to honor the life of Daniel Ellsberg, who was also a member of the Rocky Flats Truth Force and is an anti-nuclear whistleblower who wrote the Pentagon Papers, and he passed away in June. So there's a lot of things going on, and I wanted to connect the two events. So we're going to take the paper cranes that we make at the farmer's market and connect it to uh, the memorial that's at the Cold War Horse.
5: So with all that in mind, where will the event take place, and what details do listeners need to know in order to join in today, Wednesday?
6: So the Rocky Mountain Peace and Justice Center will have a booth at the Boulder County Farmers Market on Wednesday, and I plan on sitting there with a couple of volunteers who know how to make paper cranes, and I've been practicing myself, and we'll just be making paper cranes there. So if you want to stop by from 4 to 8, you can come make a crane and donate it. You can send flowers to the Rocky Flats Memorial or you can send paper cranes even to our office and I will take them to the
5: memorial. Okay, thanks for talking with me, Emerald. Thank you so much. For KGNU and Report for America, I'm Jackie Sedley.
7: Greetings. Welcome to Naturally. This is brigitte mars to talk a little bit about aromatherapy you know i have to tell you when i first heard about aromatherapy i thought it doesn't really do anything right but aha revelation if you're smelling it those molecules are going into your lungs into your bloodstream affecting your brain so wake up america and smell the essential oils, because they are a powerful way. Well, first of all, essential oils are part of the plant's immunity. They help protect a plant. If the leaf or the stem gets broken, those essential oils are going to help prevent fungal infestation and uh, damaging predators, but on the other hand, attract positive pollinators. Hmm. All right. So aromatherapy, I'm going to suggest that You learn about it and know that not all essential oils are created equal. We want to get pure essential oils, undiluted, grown organically. And when you smell them, our nasal passages are so close to our brain. Know that it can affect your states of consciousness almost immediately. So there's three essential oils that I almost always have with me. Peppermint. So peppermint... Well, you could inhale it. I like to do five deep inhalations on each nostril to kind of balance our brain hemispheres. Peppermint is going to help energize you. It's also good to smell if you feel a little nauseous. And it's also very cooling. So other things I do with peppermint oil or on a hot day, maybe fill the tub, add seven drops of peppermint oil to a tepid tub and soak in that and it actually cools you down. I've also used it to make cold compresses. If someone has a headache or a fever, wet a washcloth in the sink and add a few drops of essential oil, maybe five or six, bring out the cloth and put it on your forehead, your chest, your neck. It'll cool you down. Also, peppermint essential oil repels head lice. So, you know, They do happen. I know it does. They go through our school system. So adding a little peppermint essential oil to your shampoo when you hear there's an epidemic going around could be a good thing. And I think peppermint just inspires a feeling of happiness. The other essential oil is lavender. Lavender essential oil was used topically on the skin during World War I to treat gangrene. And I use lavender oil a lot. You can put it on a pimple, a boil, use it as a bug repellent, put it on a bug bite. And then the other essential oil is tea tree oil. So antimicrobial. Add three or four drops to water and use it as a gargle. You're probably seeing all kinds of tea tree products for dental hygiene. It helps to inhibit plaque. Also can be used on bug bites, boils, pimples, and all kinds of things. Peppermint, lavender, and tea tree. All right. Thanks for joining me, Brigitte Mars, on Naturally.
0: That's going to do it for today's Morning Magazine. I've been your host, Shannon Young. Special thanks to Jack Armstrong, Grace Gabriel, Emily Sosilo, Zach Thompson, poor Jai Jong Kit, Alexis Kenyon, Jackie Sedley, and Brigitte Mars for their work on today's program. Stay tuned for the latest commentary from Jim Hightower, then a special a public affair looking at textile waste. That's coming up after the news headlines from the BBC.